All right. Let's do this one more time. But this time, Sean, with feeling. Okay? <laughs> Once more, but this time with feeling, episode 94 of The Brian Oak Show. I am Brian Oak. Thank you very much for listening. We are recording here in the Smart Start MN studio in South Minneapolis, 48th and Chicago neighborhood, on what is, what, the second day of fall, but is going to be ridiculously summery outside, sunny and 82 degrees predicted. Since we love talking about the weather here, I thought we'd talk about the weather. And at, large, at least start on, on some kind of positive note, because the three things I want to mention real quick here uh, are all... All sadly, darkly negative. Some in a, hmm. <laughs> I, but I mean, they're things that are worth mentioning, and I don't plan on going deep on them. But uh, no justice for Breonna Taylor, which no. again is awful and hideous, and we live on a garbage planet. And you know what? When those kind of results come down from such an obvious and egregious error. And nobody has to pay the price. The only thing the officer was charged with was for the stray bullets that went into other apartments nearby. And, for being having a bad aim? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. well, but not bad enough, unfortunately. Ugh. And there are riots everywhere. And I think deservedly so. You guess, guess what? You can't, you can't have that. And if you say, well, there's just a couple of bad apples out there. Well, you can't have bad apples with guns in their hands. You just, you simply cannot. Yeah, and I just don't think you can be a police officer if you're a bad apple. I couldn't I, mean, I couldn't agree more. The standards have it. to be higher. In other news, uh, now that the election is underway, I did vote since I've seen you last. You did? I did. I went down to uh, downtown. Downtown is a ghost town right now, right? Downtown Minneapolis I'm talking about. So I went to the government center, parked less than a block away on the street, walked right in. There wasn't a single person in line, mandatory hand sanitizing and masks, so it was super safe. There wasn't a single person in front of me. I walked in, got my ballot, filled it out, dropped it in the box, and dish are fucking done. I'm excited about that. Really? So the problem is that was a, a brief. Yeah, they are. That was a brief <laughs> positive note because Trump then yesterday, when asked directly oh, yeah. if he lost, would he secede power peacefully? And he said, we'll have to wait and see what happens. What fucking country do we live in, Sean? Well, but don't you think it'd be kind of fun to see them? forcibly remove him from the White House because I, I actually would kind of like that. I think it would be funny I, I, as hell. I, I do. And there I, could be some tackling involved at that I, oh, point. Oh, there certainly could be. I just, what I don't want to see is the aftermath of something like that. Armed militias roaming the streets and it it will become very, very, very dark if he decides to make a thing out of it. It, so, it should be Joe Biden that gets to do it. Gets to actually tackle him and physically remove him from the... I'd love to see the old man fight. What Grudge if we match. say now that we're just a little over a month out, what what if we say winner gets to give the loser a swirly? I like that. And I also like kind of a king of the mountain thing. Did you ever play that when you were a kid? No. You didn't? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you cl- run oh, yeah. up and get pushed down? Yeah. And then there was never any injuries with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. That talks about that tra- traumatic head injury. <laughs> exactly. um, I don't know that Trump makes it to the top of the hill to get pushed down. No, I think yeah. he'd be out of gas halfway up. <laughs> exactly. Whereas Uncle Joe would be up there with his shirt wrapped around his waist. <laughs> Come on. Come sure, on. You mean tank top. <laughs> well, precisely. Whatever. Wearing the sunglasses and that million dollar <laughs> smile. And finally, much closer to home and something I wanted to ask you about is, well, before we do get into this part right here, I do want to mention that for the first time in the 94 episodes of The Brian Oak Show, you know, we've had an amazing array of guests, talented in many different fields, yes. uh, largely Minnesota musicians, yeah. but a lot of different great and amazing Minnesotans, and one Welshman, as I remember, I was very excited to talk right. to him on the phone. Um, we, uh, we've had a lot of different guests, but we've never had a bona fide country music legend 
in you're, the studio before. You, you are correct. This yeah. is a first. We've had, we have people who've dabbled, certainly, but Chris Maddock, Minnesota's own country music legend's got a brand new release on the way, and we're going to talk about that coming up just ahead. So do stick around as he will be up joining us shortly here on the Brian Oak Show to talk about life and music and comedy and all kinds of interesting things. Also, what it's actually like being a country music legend pretty wild. I wanted to ask you, speaking of stage and accolades of thousands, if not millions, I saw the news, and although I've been to Brave New Workshop before, never had the privilege of meeting Dudley Riggs, a Minnesotan who literally changed the face of comedy. I mean, he's up there with names like Scott Hansen and things like that in terms of the impact he's had on local stages, but no one ever really did what Dudley, did, Dudley Riggs did before. No, uh, instant theater, they called it when he was doing, doing it in New York. But he, you know, people don't understand that Brave New Workshop happened before Second City in Chicago. Uh, interestingly enough, my uncle Pat McCarthy uh, was the manager of the location that was closer to the U of M for a couple of years when Louis Anderson and Al Franken were there and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, were, there was a lot of drugs back then, is all I can tell you. But I think there was everywhere, but yeah. that's surprising. Entertainment in the 70s, there were drugs? Are you I sure? I know. It seems crazy, huh. but okay. it actually happened. But but Dudley uh, was an amazing guy and also very humble, uh, very approachable, very nice guy. I felt like he held a hug a little long for me after about 40 seconds. I was like, no, no, I, I got to go. We're done now? Yeah, but okay. sweetheart of a... Sweetheart of a man, I you know it's sad to lose him, but eighty eight's a pretty good run. It's a hell of a run, and also an incredible legacy to be leaving behind. You know, I try to think about improv people doing drugs. Most improv people I know are already fairly amped, especially when we get close to performance time. Yes, I've been with some improv people. I've yeah. taken a couple improv classes. I've, I've been I know around. you have with your old partner, right? I, I did. Yeah. Well, because the producer of our morning show when I worked at the Current, Anna, she has been an improv fiend forever. And, um, yeah, she, uh, she made us go to a class and I was out decidedly outside of my comfort zone, despite the fact that my professional career required improv on the daily, not quite like that, but there was a certain energy to it. And the thought of a bunch of coked up improv people actually sort of terrifies me. I'm going to be honest. Well, it's really fun to do. I did it at the student level at Brave New Workshop. And then I was on a group called, uh, the Velvet Elvises that performed at Bryant Lake theater every Thursday night for a very long time. And, performed at the Acadia Theater. It is an absolute blast. The thing I love about improv, well, first of all, it's either really good or it's really, really bad. Correct. It's one of the two, and a lot of it has to do with people listening on stage. It's not about who has the best one-liners. It's about who listens the best and adds the most. Um, but it, when it does work and you're on stage doing it, it is so much fucking fun. It's unbelievable. And you can't be thinking about all the other bullshit in your life. You have to be present on stage and the more you give, the more you get. So it's it's a blast. I just want to say the current owners, John Sweeney, Jenny Lilladall, are doing everything they can during COVID-19 to make that thing still operate. Uh, Caleb McEwen has been the artistic director there for 20 years, and that guy works about 70 hours a week. A uh, very thankless job in many ways. Uh, but I, you know, please support them as soon as they're back. They're doing some live stream stuff as well. Uh, just go to bravenewworkshop.com. Well, we want to say farewell and rest in peace to a man who brought bazillions of laughs to oh. not only the people who work there, but the people who've gone to the Brave New Workshop over many, many years. Rest in peace, Dudley Riggs. And let's go hear a little song here from R.E.M. This one's called Laughing on The Brian Oak Show.
REM on the Brian Oak Show, which is made possible by our friends at Smart Start MN. They are the progenitors, the fomenters. They were there at the birth of Minnesota's aim. <clears throat> easy for me to say. <laughs> Minnesota's ignition interlock system, which means you or someone you know gets a DUI. It's daunting. It's expensive. It's a hassle. You want to get back in your vehicle. How the hell are you going to get back in your vehicle, Sean? Just go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. They'll give you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Oh, yeah? What are, what are those hotshot know-it-all lawyers supposed to be able to do for me? I got a DUI. I'm in trouble, man. 
Uh-oh. Well, I can tell you what, they won't shame you, which is nice, because I think that's ridiculous. You're already probably in Dutch with the wife with all that going Ooh. on, so, you know. Or the husband. Or the husband. You pig. That's true. Women totally get a ton of DUIs. Oh, wait. Well, not as many, but if it happens to you <laughs> or someone you know or a friend, it's basically a breathalyzer in your car and gets you back on the road way faster and legally than you otherwise would. So give our friends a, uh, get, get a hold of them. Smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show for 20% off the ignition interlock system installation. Correct. All right. Very good. And also want to thank Buster's on 28th, another sponsor of the Brian Oak Show, who, unlike many other restaurants, have managed to remain open during the pandemic, the COVID shutdown of our entire lives. And they're doing pretty well. Things are going well. They're a beautiful little restaurant and bar in southeast Minneapolis, right by Lake uh, Lake Hiawatha. And they have exceptionally good food. They have a wide array of wine, uh, wine and beer. When I say a wide array, I mean like if... A lot of people are into craft beer, you know? Yes. But then there are people who, long before craft beer became a thing, I'm talking decades ago, were like, oh, no, I only drink Trappist ales or <laughs> the Triple Carmelite or whatever the case may be. They specialize in that kind of beer. And I actually, when I still drank, they're, they're my neighborhood bar, one of them. And I found a beer that I like there. And I hate beer. I don't drink beer. A lot of those guys have the same beard as you, except for longer. And you could smell the beer like two days oh. later right in their beard. Just a nice barley beard uh, rub. Is there anything better than that? I think that pretty much everything is better than that. But, I, I, you know, I don't know that I've gotten close enough, but I can imagine what it smells like once you're really in the thick of it there. Loving you is easy because you're beautiful. Buster's on 28th. <laughs> they do amazing food. You could eat in. You can eat outside on the patio, which I recommend on a gorgeous day like today. And or you can order online at Buster's, 28th, uh, Buster's on 28th.com for curbside pickup. You can also give them a call. It is the Brian Oak Show. And today we are joined by a country music legend uh, just ask him he'll absolutely tell you at least that's according to his brand new release which is coming out next week we're going to find out more about that as we talk to local musician local comedian and country music legend chris maddock chris how are you very well thank you for having me my pleasure for i mean as i said early on at the top of the show we don't get a country music legend every day of the week so if people i mean it's hard to imagine that someone hasn't heard your name before as a country music legend but if they haven't where does it all start for chris maddock um legend uh yeah i I wouldn't call myself that i'd leave that to you and sean um (laughs) Now, uh, so where it comes from is uh, when you um, travel around the entire uh, T of the Dakotas doing comedy, um, <laughs> a lot of uh, nervous young people will ask you how you'd like to be introduced, mm-hmm. and then they'll screw it up. Um, <laughs> and See, this is what, okay, so this is like what it's like when I go on tour uh, a lot of times is uh, I'll be like, have you ever driven through like North Dakota in the middle of uh, winter? Mm-hmm. Like they have signs for the towns. Yes, it's just like it's just snow. Like it's stri- flat and white, and then they have a sign, and then <laughs> and, and that marks that you're in another area of mm-hmm. flat white snow. <laughs> and then there'll be big snow drifts, and sometimes some wind will blow and blow a little bit of the snow off of one of the snow drifts, revealing part of a like a small casino with my name misspelled on it. Uh huh. I go, oh, I'm at work, and then uh, I'll go in, and then they're like, oh, um, how do you want to be introduced? And uh, I just, I, you know, you give them credits or whatever, you know, and like they, well, uh, City Pages likes me. They're like, what? Okay, whatever. They don't know. And uh, so I just started saying, say country music legend. 
<laughs> and they're like, that I can remember. And then Nashville called. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. You, All these years. You have a new release um, coming out next week, right? Yes, yes. Tell me about it. Tell me what it's October called. October 2nd? October 2nd, that's right. It's uh, it's called Country Music Legend. Old habits are hard to break, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, so I just, I started, I played, I've played in bands and stuff, and uh, so I started bringing the guitar on stage after doing comedy for 15 years. I finally brought the thing on stage, and uh, so I, we, uh, I started doing one song, I, and then I wrote another one. I, there's one where I, I was talking and, and just playing the guitar while I was doing stand-up, and then I wrote another song, and then so for the album that we recorded at Hook and Ladder Theater, uh, I got a band together with, uh, and we, so we play one song at the beginning, I do stand-up an hour, and then one song at the end. Very good. Yeah. And what? so what does the band do for that hour? Do they vacate? They just show up for I, two songs. That's a hell of a gig. I know. I know. They're awesome. And uh, some good musicians and even uh, Courtney McLean from Courtney McLean and the oh, Dirty Curls. Love Courtney. Yeah. she. Uh, uh, I played bass in that band. Um, <laughs> She's so great. Yeah. She, she flew here for one day to sing two songs. And Samantha Baker Harris yes. is in that yeah. band. I did improv with her. Really? Yeah. Nice. Wait a minute. Crazy. So, did, Two degrees of separation. Here I feel like my friend Anna, who I talked about earlier, yes, with Dudley Rigg. That's right. I'm, I should. Anna, the super producer, is in that band. I'm. Yeah. In, in Dirty Curls. <laughs> I'm the least famous person in that band. I don't know that that's true. And you're Chris. the I, legend. I, I don't know that that's true. But I mean, what a weird little worlds collide yes, right there. Yes. All three of us are name checking. Oh, oh, you have a friend in Dirty Curls. Well, guess who else does? And now we have. Now I've got a second one. Yeah. Oh, I guess you two do do too, don't you, Sean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I guess you do. I know them all. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so they play with you. I mean, comedy is, <clears throat> you know, after years of being on the radio, the number of people are like, oh, man, you should do comedy. And I'm like, absolutely fucking not. No yeah, way, man. Yeah. Terrifying. Like, I can go out and get on stage in front of 10,000 people and introduce a band. The thought of having to stand up there, especially when everyone sort of comes in with the attitude of, uh, all right. Make with the funny joke, man. Let's uh, make me laugh. Make I mean, when's the first time you decide? You know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing comedy. Uh, somebody. Uh, uh when uh, well, you're talking about uh, uh, Wild Bill Bauer, right? Or that we were talking about the old comedy guys back. Oh there, yeah, right? Scott Hanson, all that. Yeah, this yep. uh, first time one of those guys offers you 25 bucks to drive four hours and <laughs> and have strangers possibly tell you you're funny. That's when you. That's when you know you got it. And did you like it the yeah. first time? Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no I was uh, so I was just going to the um, the Acme uh, open mic, you know, as a uh, just a watch when I was working uh, at Grumpy's, and um, I had done, I did it, I did it. I mean, it just it was terrible, and I did it. Uh, I invited everyone I had ever met, you know, the first time, and then just uh, got sloppy drunk and and. Uh, you know, it's like if I went to therapy, I'm sure it would just come up really quick. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and then I, I did it like five or six times over a year, probably. And uh, I don't, it just, you know, and then Grumpy's wanted to start an open mic uh, in that little side room. And so they they offered that I could uh, host it. Um, and then uh, so I, you know, once a week. And so I did it and it was like. Every Wednesday was just like people are like, "Are you okay?" Like I'm just like, "My stomach hurt. I hated it." it was, there was a scene. There was all these people. They hung out, right? And uh, I wasn't. They would just sit there right in front of me, like, eh, "This is party pictures. This is so fun." Oh, hey, Chris. 
And, uh, <laughs> uh, I just hate it. And I, and I never did the same joke twice. Like, I just thought, you know, they're going to think I'm stupid, you know, like I'm inauthentic or something. Like, right. I, I just was like, uh, doing everything I could to make it hard. And, uh, so, so it was, but then, it, you know, it got fun over a couple of years later, <laughs> you know, and then when, when they, you know, they offer you an open mic and, and you're like, cool, this will be a good starting, you know, st- stepping stone. And then, you know, uh, 15 years later, uh, the bar closed and it was over. Yeah. For did people it, who every, uh, every are not familiar with Grumpy's downtown, um, back when I did day drinking and I did lots of it, that was one of my spots before they closed it because literally the single best tater tots in the five state area. And I, I'm, I'm not saying that just to kind of kiss Grumpy's long forgotten butt, but I really, I would love it there and got to know the bartenders and the pours were always a little more generous during the middle of the day because it was busier at night. And um, that side room you're talking about right there, I've had a birthday in that room before. I've been to, I had a lot of friends have birthdays in that room. I miss Grumpy's downtown. And unfortunately, a lot of places like that are going to go by the wayside. We're talking to country music legend chris maddox so uh we're gonna find out more about your time at grumpy's and how you got your ass fired from grumpy's i can't imagine what you had to have done to get fired from there uh where i also have a question about your immediate family i don't like to dig too deep into personal items but it came right off your bio so i'm gonna have to ask you about it and uh, we're gonna hear a lot of that stuff but first i want to get some music on because i don't like to go too long without hearing music on the brian oak show and you've chosen chosen an American institution, a songwriting legend who had some measure of success in his own right as a solo performer, but the number of songs he has written for the number of artists is mm. almost incalculable, but he absolutely embody, embodies that sort of uh, grizzled country music legend that you're trying to talk about there. Yeah, yeah, he calls me a lot when he does he? the lyrics. <laughs> Chris, I've had too much to drink. Yeah, yeah, I understand, I understand, I understand. I'll be over. <laughs> help you with that so tell me why you picked this particular song right here from chris christopherson because this song is uh this song is about uh if you're an artist it's about uh not quitting when you want to and you want to quit all the time usually especially when you don't make any money <laughs> and uh yeah the when, when my kid was born it was you know it was like uh you, you couldn't i was like i couldn't go on the road and uh i mean before i you, you have to make a decision at some point like am i gonna just raise this kid or am i gonna try to do you know you, you can't do uh you just have, you have to sacrifice stuff and you got to make that decision and I don't know I heard this song and uh, I ran I was jumping around the house and I played it twelve times. <laughs> So clearly, awesome. we know what decision you made when it came to cho- come to choose between uh, your comedy career and your child. Yeah, the child. Yeah. As informed by one Chris Christopherson here on the Brian Oak Show. A couple of years back, I come across a great and wasted friend of mine in the hallway of a recording studio, and while he was reciting some poetry to me that he'd written, I saw that he was about a step away from dying, and I couldn't help but wonder why. And uh, the lines of this song occurred to me. I'm happy to say he's no longer wasted, and he's got him a good woman. And I'd like to dedicate this to John and June, who helped show me how to beat the devil. It was wintertime in Nashville, down on Music City Road. And I was looking for a place to get myself out of the cold. To warm the frozen feeling that was eating at my soul. Keep the chilly wind off my guitar. My thirsty wanted whiskey, 
my hunger needed beans. But it'd been a month of payday since I'd heard that eagle scream. So with a stomach full of empty and a pocket full of dreams, I left my pride and stepped inside a bar. Actually, I guess you'd call it a tavern. Cigarette smoke to the ceiling and sawdust on the floor. Friendly shadows. I saw that there was just one old man sitting at the bar. And in the mirror I could see him checking me and my guitar. And he turned and said, come up here, boy, and show us what you are. I said, I'm dry. And he bought me a beer. He nodded at my guitar and said, it's a tough life, ain't it? I just looked at him. He said, you ain't making any money, are you? I said, you've been reading my mail. He just smiled and said, let me see that guitar. I got something you ought to hear. Then he laid it on me. If you waste your time talking to the people who don't listen to the things that you are saying, who do you think's gonna hear? And if you should die explaining how the things that they complain about are things they could be changing, who do you think's gonna care? There were other lonely singers in a world turned deaf and blind who were crucified for what they tried to show. And their voices have been scattered by the swirling winds of time because the truth remains that no one wants to know. Well, the old man was a stranger, but I'd heard his song before. Back when failure had me locked out on the wrong side of the door. When no one stood behind me but my shadow on the floor. And lonesome was more than a state of mind. You see, the devil haunts a hungry man. If you don't want to join him, you gotta beat him. I ain't saying I beat the devil. But I drank his beer for nothing. Then I stole his song. And you still can hear me singing to the people who don't listen to the things that I am saying, praying someone's gonna hear. And I guess I'll die explaining how the things that they complain about are things they could change, hoping someone's gonna care. I was born a lonely singer and I'm bound to die the same But I've got to feed the hunger in my soul And if I never have a nickel I won't ever die of shame Cause I don't believe that no one wants to know Chris Christopherson on the Brian Oak Show, as chosen by our guest, Chris Maddock, yes. country music legend. Now, you were just telling me about that song, about getting the chill off the guitar, and then where does he go from there? Yeah, well, he, uh, see, though, he, uh, the, 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 the old man at the bar, clearly the devil, uh-huh. right? You know, he tells him that, uh, you know, you think you, you sing songs about people that they can better their lives, right? And, but no, no, everybody, lots of people have done that, and nobody remembers them, nobody cares. <laughs> 
But he has. But the thing is, is that he wants to come in the bar, but he doesn't have any money at the beginning. So he's, oh. the devil says, the devil says, uh, you know, I'll buy you beer. And so he said, then he says, he says, uh, you know, well, I ain't saying to beat the devil. He said, but I drank his beer for nothing. <laughs> and then I stole his song. And then he sings the same song, but it reverses it to a positive. Okay. See, I'm explaining it to um, uh, Sean and Brian, everyone, because we were all chatting during the thing. We were, and I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a chance to listen as closely as I wanted no, to. No, no, but no. You, no said, you. you said this was sort of like the, a core element for you. This informs kind of why you do what you do and why you that's chose. That's the line. That's the line in it, man. Devil haunts a hungry man. It's, that's when you're like... Uh, that's when you end up uh, working in a restaurant for twenty seven years, like I did. Yeah, well, I mean, we all got we all got to do what we all got to <laughs> do, right? Not looking to, I'm saying, I, well, that I just st- stopped working in restaurants because of the COVID, right? But no, twenty seven years, hardly any breaks. It was a tree trimmer for a little bit. Yeah, um, no, but I worked pretty much. I, I, I mean, I would take like months off and and go do comedy, but then I was came back and. And it's that yeah, same. It's that thing, you know. You're just like, oh man, I gotta. You just you gotta stick it out, right? But I mean, yeah, not like talking smack about anybody. Like that's uh, um, but yeah, I only stopped because of the uh, because of the COVID. And uh, my buddy has a uh studio in in Northeast NBC Studios, and uh, so we're starting the oh yeah a podcast is about it Noah or is it Gabe Noah? Yeah. Oh, I know Gabe. Yep. Yep. We all know the same people. We do. Weird. We must have like. How we bumped into each other? Well, I mean, people do say everything's two degrees of separation here in the Twin Cities. It's crazy, uh, but it is odd given the number of people we know in common that we haven't met before today. It was like people just would just think we're fighting. (laughs) 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 All right, Mr. Maddock, you have a new album on the way next week. What's it called? Country music legend. Well, that would be appropriate yes. because that way it's easy for people to remember. Much like calling this show the Brian Oak Show, we just wanted to make sure people knew where to fucking find Con- it. C- confuse my aunt, though. Yeah? Yeah. Cause she just, what is going on? A couple of my friends, too. What is this? What is going on? Why are you doing this? It's a stand-up comedy album. <laughs> it's a, a couple yeah, of songs on it. It's a Porter Wagner tribute. A uh, couple songs. <laughs> and a couple and of stand-up songs. comedy albums, do you think they'd understand? Like, my aunt is 75 and, like... I tried to explain what a podcast is, and I, I just was like, uh, it's just like recorded radio. Like, just please pretend pretend it's that. You can just click a button on your computer, and she's like, how? How do I do that? You know, when people are, uh, like the people who are 70, you're in the bar, and they're like, eh, turn that down. You're like, no, 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 no. You were, you were 21 to 31 in the 60s. You're supposed to be cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. There's no more, unless you're like 95, <laughs> right. there's no more turn the music down. No more. Those are, that's done. And your hearing's already gone by 70, so what do you care? Yeah, well, they, they want to go back to the halcyon days of that music and not hear this crap the kids are listening to today. I know. Damn it. Do, where, does that sound familiar? Yeah. That's your parents said that! I know, I know, I know, <laughs> and now, yeah, no, it's all changing. So, Well, <clears throat> the country music legend joins us here. Uh, the name of the album is Country Music Legend, and it's based, is it the actual recording of the special that you did at the Hook and Ladder? Yeah, it's a, and, and you can get the audio for an album, and then and uh, we recorded it with five cameras very good also watch the special is it funny yes okay (laughs) before we find out just how funny it is and i still want to hear that story about you getting fired from grumpies uh we need to talk to sean because the third sponsor of the brian oak show is none other than a man who's invested in it there's got to be a conflict of interest in there somewhere but oh well who cares you're also a realtor in addition to being part of this multi-watt star factory right here known as the brian oak show how's life in the realty biz it's good. It's surprisingly busy right now. I think because the interest rates are so low, I just had a client lock in at 2.75. Uh, my first house that I bought in 98, we were at 7.9, probably because we had really shitty credit too, but mm-hmm. but 
people are like, well, it's just a seller's market. I shouldn't buy right now. I'm like, no, you should buy because at 2.75, you get so much more house than you did back in the day. The very first house uh, I ever bought, it was a tiny little cracker box, but it was in 1999 and we were getting in for like, we, we couldn't decide we were waffling because we're like, we'd really like to get it under 5%, but we had to settle for like 5.15 or something. Oh, yeah. And the woman who, she kept shaking her head, the woman who sold or who helped us buy this house, she kept shaking her head. She's like, in the 70s, I was selling homes at a 20% rate. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, this seems pretty good. Yeah, no, now, of course, it's dropped. And so it's absolutely a buyer's market right now. Well, yeah, I think it's it's at least balanced anyway. But give me a call, 612-859-2594, if you know someone who's in the market to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. You can also text me. At I'm that open same to that. Number? Yeah? Yeah, if you're a coward and don't want to call me and like wow. just are like, hey, I got a soft, you know, be a softy about it on the way. I don't want you to pressure me. I'm not going to pressure Do anybody. Do you judge people who send emojis? Um, I do you well, prefer you know just what? regular text or is it okay if I put like a little smiley face at the end or is that do you suddenly judge? I have one rule. Uh, do not under any circumstances send me LOL. That drives me ape shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got a big problem with that. He's going to do it from now on. <laughs> just going to write that down real <laughs> quick for every one of your funny little things that you like to text yeah. me. And <laughs> as a comedian, I'm sure you get that too, what, uh, where people will do the, uh, and you're like, really? Like, well, I, I, if I'm, if I'm uh, poo-pooing LOLs, I'm, I'm, I'm you're out of biz. Yeah. <laughs> you're I'm not making much. I'm what if they do it while you're on stage? LOL, Chris. <laughs> but what, you know, yes. I only, not I, the only worst thing ever. <laughs> exactly. I only use LOL if I genuinely laughed out loud. I'm just, good. I, I'm well, just, then it's okay. That's not a throwaway yeah. to me. Like I don't use LOL, but if I like every once in a while, you know, you're doom scrolling through Facebook and you've come across something genuinely hilarious and I'll occasionally put a little lol with the emoji, the little tears squirting out the eyes because it's so funny. I think it's because of my sister. My sister will do this one. That was really funny. Oh, the deadpan. <laughs> like, don't, don't laugh, for God's sake. Just, that was funny stuff. <laughs> Much like uh, most of the grizzled uh, country music legends, there are days of plenty and then there are days of privation. And you find yourself playing, as you were describing about North Dakota, it, you know, like these country music legends, they have to play in desolate, abandoned, or rundown honky-tonks. I know, I don't doubt for a second, especially as a comic building his way up and coming onto the scene that you've had to work some pretty crappy rooms. Is there one that stands out as like your least favorite performance of all time? Oh, how long's the show? Well, okay, yeah. not a list, not a list, and it doesn't have to be <laughs> yeah. the absolute worst of all yeah. time, but one that like stands out as in your mind like we can never have that show happen again. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, so this was uh there there was a lot of them that were just the you know, like once in North Dakota, right? There's like a uh, uh, the stage was, you know, cinder blocks and a piece of plywood on top, you know, which is, <laughs> that's when the word rinky dink was invented. Yeah. Was, I don't know what it was, but right. those materials were there and unconnected and fastened. But mm. the, here, I think the worst gig I ever had, this was, uh, uh, so, uh, uh, there's a, a restaurant in, uh, Fargo. It's, that's the Austin of North Dakota, you know? Um, and so like they, they wanted a, somebody who, for a restaurant, uh, uh, Christmas party that for and so they my oh. name got there. I do a lot of restaurant jokes, working in restaurants and stuff. So the um owner emailed me and she said, uh, she goes, you know, excited to have you. She says, and in the end of the she says, and you can say whatever you want. Trust me. Oh. And so I know when that what that means is 
No, no, no. you can't. No, because, oh. you, know, you know people who say, I have a good sense of humor? Yeah. You know people say, I'm not racist. What are they? Racist. racist. Yes, exactly. Don't people, don't, people with good sense of humor don't tell you that they have good sense. So like she said, you can say whatever you want. I go, oh. okay. So I know not to, and, and I don't want to say anything to, you know, anything. Like, I don't know what she's even thinking. So I get there. And she goes, okay, all right, uh, uh, we'll have you on in about 45 minutes. Drinks are over there, and get some food. And uh, and again, she says it like this. She goes, and trust me, you can say whatever you want. She goes, we have lesbians that work here. <laughs> oh, exciting. Which, which, that put me at ease. Well, you're out on the frontier at that point. Because oh. you know who's just super chill about whatever? Man, it's those lesbians. So, uh, at which I've... Tell that joke. You know who loves that joke? Lesbians. Of course. The people next to them get mad at you. Right. So uh, so I knew not to... I have a joke, though, about my my brother, who uh, my brother uh, is uh, transgender and used to be uh, sister, and I have a joke about that. Pro-brother. I'm pro-brother in the <laughs> yeah. joke. They, right. heard, they heard the word lesbian, and it went from 15 minutes of laughing to just boom, just boom. Really? Like, I, I have 75 people, in a, not in a, co- a comedy club, in a room that's lit. <laughs> just and, and, and one woman sitting in the middle, the owner, just and everyone looking at her like, we're not supposed to laugh now. Oh. And it, like, to the point where, now, I, I, I know I'm, I'm, you know, I seem grizzled, about 87 mm. years old, and uh, uh, pretty much a brick wall, but I, I'm, a, I'm a human being. Right. <laughs> and right. so I, this is, this is tough. Right. And and it's a misunderstanding. I don't know what's going on right now. I've told this joke. It was the joke is on my first album. This is this is tr- uh, proven, you know, like this is the country music legend of jokes. Right. <laughs> this is and I'm going They I tell a joke. They don't laugh. I tell jo- nothing like nothing. Right. And then I just I have to go look. Clearly, there's been a misunderstanding about the joke about Linus. I'm going to tell it again. I want you to let. No, you're not. Like, this is intense, right? Wow. Someone actually says that? The owner. <clears throat> no, you're not. I go, well, you're not laughing at anything. She goes, move on. Just like that. I'm like, hey, you said I could say anything I wanted. What's going on? She goes, just move on. I go, okay. I tell another joke in earnest, not, <laughs> not having a bad attitude. Like, right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like, okay, watch this. I'm like, okay, let's move on. I tell a joke, nothing. I go, this is no. That's not going to work. I go, if you would just listen to what I said, you would realize that nothing was, no. I go, well, then I don't think this is going to work. I'm shaking, by the way. Like, right. Oh, yeah. And she's, she goes, be done then. And I went, I still get paid. <laughs> she goes, fine. And then I put the microphone down on the ground, and I walked in the back and was like, <laughs> shit, what the hell was that? I just went with my brother. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. And uh, all these you know, people are like, we're so sorry. You know, that was awful. We don't think that was so wrong of her. I was like, what the fuck were you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, oh. uh, so then the, I, I'm like, can you please go find her and get my check for me? Like, I, I'm not going to talk to her. You don't want to see her again. No, no. And uh, so they go get me my check and I'm in the back by all the drinks. And then I, and then so I could go, I'm just, the door is right there. And this is, I think that people are like, why do you, how do you do comedy? Why do you do comedy? What could, I think this is it right here. I went, screw this. I'm walking out the front. <laughs> Idiot. Oh, no. Why did I walk out the back? I could have left with my check. <laughs> yeah. I'm walking out the front. 
So I go, I just, and I hold my head up and I walk through the crowd. And it's just, you know, you, and there's two, two, uh, three people stop me. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. I'm like, yeah, I've heard this yet. And they go, oh, she was so wrong. And one of the people stopped me. She goes, can I give you some advice, though? Oh. And I go, and I, I just went, please, ra- uh. not right now. She goes, fine, then, fuck you. Just get the fuck out of here. And I just, uh. I should have went out the back. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked out the front. So, like, uh, I was I was begging for, like, the cinder blocks and plywood at right. that moment. That but, suddenly sounded yeah. fun. Maybe a little sawdust on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been great. <gasps> Tell me about Blaze Foley. Who's Blaze Foley? Oh, dude, I just heard this song like two days ago. It's it's just a beautiful song. I don't know. I just heard it two days ago. I've been playing it over and over again. It's well, just- let's play it one more time. Here's Blaze Foley with Clay Pigeons on The Brian Oak Show. I'm going down to Greyhound Station Gonna get a ticket to ride Find a big fat lady with two or three kids And sit down by her side Ride till the sun comes up and down around me About two or three times Smoking cigarettes in the last seat Try to hide my sorrow from the people I meet And get along with it all Go down with people say all Sing a song with a friend Change the shape of man and get back in the game. Start playing again. I'd like to stay, but I might have to go to start over again. I might go back down to Texas. I might go to somewhere I've never been. And get up in the morning, go out at night, and I won't have to go home. Get used to being Change the words of the song Start singing
Blaze Foley, Clay Pigeons, here on The Brian Oak Show. And you told me you came to that song because John Prine does a version of it. That's right. And I, we love John Prine on the show. I've loved John Prine my mm-hmm. whole life. Growing up, my dad, heavy rotation on singer-songwriters like John Prine or Jerry Jeff Walker. And at the time, I didn't mind it. It was pleasant enough, but I didn't understand what a true legend John Prine was because in the course of one song, that man could make you laugh out loud, break your heart in two, and then leave you with kind of a wry smile on your face at the end of it. I think he's one of the most important American singer-songwriters, the end. Yeah, he's like he's like a ninja, apparently, in his personal life. People, I've known people like that where you're like, you know, what, what, what if this happened to you? You're like, well, he just probably, you'd realize he knew Kung Fu or he burst into flames. Chris, did you just say the fucking N-word on our show? What, which one? Oh, you said ninja. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to, just wow. trying to illustrate the point you made earlier. Wow, wow. You scared me for a minute. I'm like, I'm listening pretty close, man. <laughs> no, I but I had, after his other story, I had to give him shit. Well, by the way, <laughs> gonna, he's going to... You you have editing power. For all this, <laughs> yes, right? I do. Yes, I know we wouldn't do that. Mmm, <laughs> sounds like a way to get a pretty infamous reputation. Uh, by the way, I would like to say um, before we get to our final story, and from what conversation guest- was that? By the way, <laughs> we got to know what this is. This is Chris Matic, country music legend. Chris Matic is our guest. So I want to get one more story from him before we go, but I do want to say this in response to anybody who. Feels like it's a good idea to not wear a mask. Fuck you. Coronavirus killed John Prine. Now, I know he had a lot of other yeah. health, health issues as well. A lot of other things going on. But That's he literally, why wear a mask. He died of complications from coronavirus. And guess how he got it from someone not wearing it. Again, the mask isn't to protect you. And I know that everybody listening knows that because I know there's kind of an echo chamber here. I don't think that the Brian Oak Show is very popular in some of your deeper red states. That being said, um, keep wearing the masks. We Yes, mask fatigue is very real. We're all tired of it whenever possible. Stay in small groups. Distance. Wash your fucking hands. Wear your mask because John motherfucking Prine, man. It's uh, That was a hard one. That one, you know, it's always weird with artists and things that you love in life. It doesn't even have to be artists. It could be family members, distant or close. It's weird how things hit you particularly distant things like that you know like i love prince didn't really cry when i heard that prince died heard that john prine died and i bawled like a baby when i've heard way more prince music in my life than than john prine you don't really get to pick how these things are going to affect you and so i'm gonna admit i'm still a little salty about that one right there before we get to this final story about you getting your ass fired from grumpies chris if you don't (laughs) mind um, if people want to secure your album, it's coming out in just over a week on Friday, October 2nd. They'll also get the videos that it was based on from the hook and ladder. And we're good pals with everybody at the hook and ladder. We do a lot of stuff with them on the show here. What's the best place for people to go to, to not only familiarize themselves more deeply with this country music legend, but to get a hold of your stuff. So, uh, standuprecords.com, mm-hmm. uh, where that's the label that came out on Grammy award winning standup records, uh, Chris uh, M-E-D-D-O-C-K and uh, iTunes available on iTunes um, These follow me you know find me on Facebook I got uh, uh, and uh, Instagram and Twitter and all that and is it just at Chris Maddox I'm, uh, the, I'm the Chris Maddox the Chris Maddox yeah. how many times you've been introduced as Chris Maddox uh, yeah more times than the correct way <laughs> okay good yeah. good now before we let you go I do want to thank AudioQuip uh, you know and all the people that came together to do photography for our website to do our website come up with the logo AudioQuip for providing us with a studio full of really nice state of the art 
actual broadcasting equipment. They're also suffering through the rigors of a pandemic because, well, there's not so many gigs these days, as I'm sure that you can attest, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I do a show on the couch now. Yeah. Like, do, you, do, yeah. do the streaming stuff at home? Yeah, we do. Uh, well, no open mics and you can't practice in the mirror because even if you're laughing, it's not really feedback. Right. And so uh, we do uh, my uh, at home. I would just tell my wife jokes on the couch usually anyway. So mm. now instead of uh, we do uh, <laughs> we had that at Grumpy's for every week, 15 years, had the death comedy jam. Uh, my wife named it. Now we do the till death comedy jam. Mm-hmm. I just I work out jokes with her on the couch for 40 minutes on Wednesday nights. Very good. Nine, yeah. And that's and so where do I go to find that? That's uh, at the Chris Maddock on Facebook. We put that one out on Facebook, and then I uh, edit I edit them and put them on YouTube. All right, well, because you it's an open mic, you can't just put those out. Yeah, right. So you um you talked about working at Grumpy's for a very long time, and in fact, you were there not once but twice because somewhere in the middle there, you got fired. How'd you get your butt fired from Grumpy's? Well, it's a funny story. <laughs> I'm hoping so. <laughs> uh, first of all, I want to say you're, you're sponsored by Smart Start. I sponsored Smart Start for a while. You don't say. Yeah. 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 I was uh, between my wife and I. We've got uh, three DUIs. And so did you have one she of the- She has none. Ignition. Oh. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. Wow. Uh, that actually is a really good one. Did So did you actually have an ignition interlock in your vehicle? Yes, I did. Right on. Yes. Yep. So, I, same Same- one is uh, same car that the kid's car seat was in. That's not how I would have chosen to like vi- uh, visually represent the family, but uh, you know it had to be done. I remember uh, mine was twenty years ago now, but I also had one, and my daughter was uh, infant at the time. And um, to get her to daycare before I went to work, I had to take her in a cab every day. This was before the era of Uber and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was a, that's a humbler right there. That for is sure. that is a real humbler. So well, I'm sure that our good friends Ed and Mike at Smart Start, thank you for your patronage. Yeah, the the uh, well, my kid could talk when I, so you know they're like you blowing into it and they what's that? And it's like uh, it's a uh, it's, the car runs on birthday wishes. You blow it out like a candle, <laughs> and and it also keeps the tires full. Just look out the window. <laughs> nice. Oh, being a parent is awesome. Is your child really named Waylon? Uh, yes, really. Yeah. But I had to get over that because so my wife just uh, suggested that name. And I love Waylon Jennings, but like not enough to be like we got to name the kid after Waylon Jennings, right? And if there's a there's one Waylon, and so yeah, we had to um I had to like over like a couple months like it, yeah you know it's just a cool name it's a super cool name I just figured country music legend I know, your no. kid's named Waylon right Makes okay sense. so before we go and this has to be the shorter version of this story tell yep. me about losing your means of supporting yourself while you were working at Grumpy's this is why I'm I'm actually a legend. Um, I, uh, so, uh, once, uh, Tony Zaccardi and I, yeah, I'll say it full name. Yep. Uh, you've uh, got a Palmer's bar shirt yep. on right now. He's, I'm good pals with, with Tony. I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of Tony Zaccardi. Yeah, and he's in the band, uh, on the album, actually. He what? plays based on the album. <laughs> because uh, I mean, he plays at Eleganza and Appetite for Zaccardi and lots of other bands. I'm a lucky man. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, he and I were working at Grumpy's. This is in about 2002. And uh, we decided one Sunday when we both had to work at five that we at noon we would go in and uh, to where we worked at Grumpy's and start drinking and then um, get we'll get our shifts covered. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so then uh, we drank for five hours Uh and he got his covered at about four thirty and I did not. (laughs) And I punched in at five and I punched out about four five thirty seven. And he he uh, I got so I just ran into people over the years and they would jog my memory. You. Oh, you. Do you remember? 
I <laughs> I said my beer was on. I was at a high top table. I said I, my premium bottle was out, and you roundhouse kicked it off the table. I I, I guess I went back. <laughs> I went back to the kitchen and, and put a, a chef's knife in my mouth and cr- crawled across the table. Yelling like yar, you know, and I do remember this part. I t- somebody said their chair was wobbly on the patio. We had that tent. Oh, there was a chain link fence around it, and I just, I like like a discus thrower. How they spin around, I spun and threw it over into the parking lot. I did all that and and more, and I got and then I so I got fired, and I was a waiter, and then I was a bar back once a week at on Fridays, and I went back in like a couple days later, and when I wrote Tom a letter who is like a juggernaut of power and you uh-huh. don't, I, you know, he'll kill you. Uh-huh. And uh, everyone's like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> and I asked to have just my, just my bar back shift. Can I just have that? Because I was a waiter. I'll be fired as a waiter. And he did it. Everyone's like, he's getting soft. I came up. I can get back in here. You're, and I just, oh, geez. and I got, yeah. And After then, it. and then I got the open mic and I don't know if I would have kept doing comedy as much if I didn't have that. So. Wow. Okay. Well, um, Roundhouse kicked a bottle right off the table, did you? Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, younger, you know. Legendary. <laughs> and apparently very flexible. Chris Maddock, a country music legend, and the new album, Country Music Legend, out uh, coming up in just over a week, Friday, October 2nd. And the accompanying special where it was recorded the uh, at the Hook and Ladder will be available as well. That's right. And also, uh, the Servitude podcast about working in restaurants is also coming out from NBC Studios. So check that out, Servitude on Facebook or at the Chris Maddock. You can find us there, too. Fantastic. Thanks yeah. for joining us, man. Thank you for having Thanks, Chris. me very much. Thank you. And we're going to get ourselves out of here now. Um, so, yeah, your special record at the Hook and Ladder, something else happening at the Hook and Ladder, which, I mean, we've been talking about the last three episodes mm-hmm. was the Me Too Minneapolis live stream. And the headliner of that entire event is a woman that I've seen perform live so many times I know is one of your very favorites. Absolutely. Here's Curve of a Woman on the Brian Oak Show. Though those promises of something good you 
Good. 